Today, we're in the middle of a series called Overflow. 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 And we're ending today with a, a series I believe many of us, we just need to hear. This is a, a, a message today that would be a great way to end our five weeks of overflow. And so if you got your Bibles with you, turn to Numbers chapter 13. And uh, Numbers 13 real quick. I want to set up kind of the, the story here. Uh, how many know uh, the story with Moses goes to the Pharaoh and says, let my people go. How many know that story right there? And it's been on TV. It's been on movies. got the different plagues and all that. And finally Pharaoh says, go. Just let my people, yeah, take, 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 the, take the Israelites. So Moses takes the Israelites and they leave Egypt. How many know they cross over and they find themselves in the wilderness. And it, was t- it took 400 years to get to this point. 400 years of slavery. That this is all that they knew. Their overflow was mediocre to them. Like our overflow is wake up, work, and then they, the Pharaoh will give me food. How many know that's not an overflow mentality? We've been learning during this series. If you're new with us, go on our YouTube, go on our Spotify, uh, you know, listen to the podcast and say, you know what? Overflow is a mentality that if we don't think it, then we can't see it. If we don't see it, then we can't reach it. But there's an overflow that has to take place in our life. And so the Israelites, they finally reach the border, and they get to the border of the Israelite land. And you know what Moses says? Moses says, I'm going to send some spies out. And here's what it says in Numbers 13, chapter, uh, verse 1 and 2. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan. So I want you to send some men, and let's go spy out the promised land. I love that. You know how many times my wife and I spied out southwest part of Las Vegas before we planted a church, right? We spied it out. We said, ooh, this is good land. Ooh, there's an in and out right there. Come on, somebody, right? Oh, I like this house over here. Like, I love what God is doing. How many know God planted us, planted my wife here, what, uh, met 30, 35 years ago, right? God planted me here. What's he doing? Spy out the land because the land belongs to you. The land belongs to you. And this is what Moses says. I love this. The Lord said to Moses, we cannot miss this. God said, I want you to send some men out and spy. See what I'm about to give you. See what I'm about to give you. Send some men to explore the land which I am giving to you. Which I am giving to you. I believe there's people in this room, yes, it's 11 a.m., yes, it's Super Bowl Sunday, yes, it's 2-2-2020, come on, somebody, right? Yes, I believe today is a, uh, it's a great day to hear God's word, but there's somebody in this room, God has shown you what he's going to give you, and God is saying, what you going to do? What you going to do? He's giving you a, a look, a vision, a dream, you've seen it, you know it. There's a gut check in you that God said, that's what I'm giving to you. So spy it out. Check it out. I believe with all my heart, God is giving you permission to go check it out. God said, spy out the land. So 12 guys go out. The Bible in Numbers 13 begins to list out who they are. So 12 men go out and spy the land. They're there for 40 days. They come back after 40 days. In verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community. And they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They showed them the fruit of the land. So they're there for 40 days, 40 nights. They come back and they bring 
fruit. And they said, Moses, you got to understand, this fruit there is phenomenal. It's amazing fruit. How many like grapes, right? Grapes is a delicious fruit. This is so good to me right now because I have a dog and I guess grapes kill dogs. So I don't know what this is. What is this sweet nectar that I hold in my hand, you know? And, and, And so they brought back fruit. They said, look at this fruit. Have you ever encountered something that was so delicious? Like when you go to Texas Roadhouse and you experience their honey butter with the biscuits, right? You're like, you got to come see Texas Roadhouse. It's amazing. They experienced something they never seen before. So they brought back the fruits. I want you to understand that God said, I want you to spy out the land and check out the fruits that you will have someday. You know what grapes represent? Grapes represent your future. Some of you are like, okay, pastor. Like if you're brand new, you're like, this is a weird church, y'all. <laughs> but you know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. That's what God is saying. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you hope. You know some people in this room, we need some hope. Here you go, babe. Here you go, honey. Why you got to steal her grapes? Right? The violence shall take us by force. Right? You ready? Ready, buddy? Oh! I know it's dark out there because it's bright up here, all right? These grapes are going to start smoking. You ready? And this is what grapes are. <laughs> you were like, oh, sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> grapes represent. I'm so sorry. Okay, you okay? But you know, what, you know what grapes represent your future. The God is saying, can I throw this over to you? You ready? All right. God is saying, I have a plan for your life. Oh, you're not in the Super Bowl. It's okay. Here we go. All Green Bay. You ready? And God is saying, I have fruit in your life. I have grapes in your life that represent prosperity. Oh, the devil took it. Oh, no. I have, I, have, I have a job in your life that's going to pay benefits plus fit the schedule so you can be a parent to your kids. Anybody else want that grape? Anyone else want the job grape? Anybody want the job grape? How many want, um, I'm going to ace on my final exams grape? Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alicia, here you go. All right. right. God's got grapes in your future. How many are parents in this room? Raise your hand. How many are saying, God's saying, you know what? Your kids are going to be in the ministry. Your kids are going to be fruitful. They're going to bring you grandchildren. God has grapes for our life. No, you're not catching that because you're looking at this little thing from Albertsons, all right? You know what the Bible said? The grapes were so great. They didn't just bring a bowl and say, check this out, y'all. And most of like, I ain't hungry. No, they said the grapes were so big in the promised land that one cluster of grape had to be carried between two men. But how many know, you're a pastor. I don't need two men, but I, I need you to see how great God is in the promised land. God's got big grapes in store. Are you okay? I'm a little Are you all right? Okay. And some of you guys, I love this process right here, right? He's got grapes for your life. But some of you need to see this because when I'm talking about overflow during the series, you're looking at that. And God is saying, oh, buddy, it's not that, it's this. Not Hugo. Let's turn him around. But grapes. Thank you. Give it up for Hugo real quick. God's got big plans for your life. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11 is just not the cute verse that we all quote out of context to say, God's got a plan for your life. But there's something to that plan. But God's saying, i got big plans. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. 
plans to give you a future. But the problem is, I want to ask you today, what are you looking at? What are you looking at in your life? Are you looking at the overflow? Are you looking at the worry mindset? See, John 16, verse 33, and this is kind of the reason why many of us get stuck, myself included. Jesus himself said, I have told you these things so that in, so that in me you may have peace. So we're not surprised when things happen our way. We're not surprised when we go, where's the fruit? I'm out of reach from God's plans and promises for my life. Jesus said, it's going to happen, but in me you can have peace. It's not about the grapes. It's about the relationship. And so this is what Jesus said. In this world you will have trouble. It doesn't say you might have trouble. It says you will have trouble. But the problem is many of us, we say, I want to know God. But if we never found freedom, the moment trouble comes our way, we say, God's left me, forsaken me. And God is saying, no, no, no. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I am greater than anything. I'm greater than the troubles. I'm greater than the season you're walking through. I am greater in, in, in your life, so I have overcome the world. See, you can either look for the bad or you can look for the good. Church, I'm convinced you choose what you see. You can look at the overflow or you could be overwhelmed. And so here's what number uh, 13 says. So the spies said, all right, Moses, that's the good news. How many hate it when people go, I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first? Raise your hand if you want bad news first. All right, I'm, I'm praying for you all. I'm praying for you. Raise your hand if you like the good news first. Right? Those are my people, right? How about no bad news, you know? And they said, Moses, here's the good news. The grapes are huge. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's insane. It's a land of prosperity and blessings. It's extraordinary. Remember, they're in the wilderness, all right? They're like, we were in slavery. Now we're in the wilderness. We see a land that's abundant in the overflow. And this is what they said. They told them, that he said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, and this is where we see the divide between overflow and overwhelm. Nevertheless, the people who dwell on the land are strong. Man, they're swole. All right, they must work out every morning. Okay. The cities are fortified. They're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. You know what that is? The descendants of giants. They're huge. They're strong. Yes, there's grapes and honey. Yes, we can see what God's going to give us. But man, I don't know about all that if I see that. If I see strength, if I see cities that are fortified, if I see giants. The good news is God has grapes. The bad news is grapes dwell amongst giants. There are giants in the land of the grapes. So if you're, writing, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Number one, what you look for, you will find. What you look for, you'll find. I believe with all my heart, I'm just going to do a blank for you. But if you're looking for blank, you're going to find blank. If you're looking for the overflow, what's going to happen? You're going to find the overflow. You're going to find the overflow in God's Word. You're going to find overflow during your 10-day fast. You're going to find what you're looking for. But have you ever bought a car? Maybe you bought a Jeep or something, and you're like, I never see Jeeps anywhere. And you buy the Jeep, and you pay for it, and the next thing you know, you're driving the Jeep down the road, and what happens? You see a Jeep and a Jeep. You never see Jeeps before because you find what you're looking for. If you're looking for drama, you're going to find Oh, you're catching on here. This is good, right? This is good. 
You know, I, I even got to give you a hint, too. If you say, all I see is, like, they're all drama. Well, guess what? You're looking for drama. I believe with all my heart that in order to end this series, this isn't just another series or another message. I believe this is going to change someone's life today. You know what? I've been looking at the bad. From here on out, I'm going to look at the good. You can look for the overflow or you can remain overwhelmed. But point number two, I want to write this down, that if you want the grapes, you have to face the giants. we got to face the giants. If you want grapes, we got to face the giants. you got to face the giants. you know something about God I feel like? God could have just said, hey, this is the land I'm giving you, land of grapes, milk, and honey. And because I'm God, because I'm amazing, I'm going to slay the giants for you before you even get there. I believe there's something powerful about God saying, I need you to face the giants so that you can claim the land. So you can have the overflow in your life. You know, three years ago, so next week we're celebrating our third birthday. Come on, somebody. We're going to party, all right? It's, it's, it's going to, I mean, this is going to be a party. It's going to be crazy. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. <laughs> yes, if you're new here, it's about as good as it gets. I'm so sorry. But we celebrate, we're going to celebrate three years next week at Avenue. So bring your friends, bring everybody that's interested, bring anybody. But you know, three years ago, on February 12, 2017, we launched this life-giving church. That we launched a church that, that, so we could build people, not use people to build a church. In yeah. 2017, uh, we had, what, over 52 people in our very first growth track. It was insane. We were in a growth track room, and people just kept coming in. And we're like, just kidding. This is the introductory room. Let's go in the lobby. And our lobby was full of people. We brought in the TV, and we had growth track, our very first one. In, in March of 2017, we've seen over uh, uh, you know, 200 some salvations. We're going to share more numbers next week. On March 1st, we're having water baptism, so make sure you sign up. A young gentleman just asked me last service. He wants to get water baptized. But since we launched, 99 people have taken a step of faith and got water baptized at Avenue Church. What am I doing today? I'm showing you the grapes. It's been three years of grapes, but how many know there's been some giants on the way? There's been some giants along the way. You know, even this month, I wrote this down, we helped 19 churches launch because of your generosity across the United States. Come on, give a clap for that. That's amazing. We helped 19 churches launch all across the United States. And that, we're, we're going to get numbers back of how many people are in attendance. Because one of the best ways to reach the unchurched or the de-churched or those that don't, don't, don't want anything to do with church is to start a church. That's one of the best ways to reach the lost. I believe it's God's will for churches to grow. So we're going to get numbers, salvations, how many people are in attendance. We're going to get growth track number. We're going to get all that stuff. You know what that is? That's the grapes. That's the grapes. But I promise you, when we sit down with church planners, you're going to hear about the giants. They had to kill, to slay, in order to get to the land of grapes. You know how many giants we had to kill before our launch day? Come on, somebody. Right? 16 giants called elementary schools said no. Or high schools or middle schools. There's lots of giants that we had to slay. But how many know we did it by the power of Jesus Christ? By the power of Jesus Christ. You can give a clap for that. Come on. Listen to me, church. Somebody needs to hear this. You have to pass the giants in order to get to the promise, in order to get to the grapes. 
So there's 12 men that go out 40 days later, they come back. But two of those men, two out of 12, was named Joshua and Caleb. And I love Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. This is what they said. They said, the giants are huge. Yes, it's great fruit. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. It's incredible. But they're strong, they're fortified, and they're big. And this is what Caleb said. Caleb said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you need to do this anytime you hear gossip. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Or hear a bad report. Hey, 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 hey. I don't know the theological thing to do. I'm so sorry, Pastor Lindsay. She'll be up here soon, okay, guys? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and this is what he said. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Yes, they're big. Yes, they're strong. But we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. You know why he said that? Because God said before this, go, go, go spy on the land that I'm giving you. I love Caleb. How many know we need some Caleb's in our life? Could I get an amen? We need some Caleb's to say, certainly, we can do it. We need some armor bearers in our life that says, perhaps, God, perhaps we can conquer it. Perhaps we can slay the giant. Perhaps we'll be victorious. Why? Because Jesus said it. I believe it. Yes, I know his word is true. How many know that song? Nobody? That's because I was at a church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and it was predominantly African American, and this white boy loved it. I loved it. Because there's a song they sang, and I have no beat. I'm hard of hearing. Nicole, I love you. All right, just, just bear with me. But the song was, I mean, they get the beat going, and they, they would say, they would say, Jesus said it. Uh, uh, I believe it. Right? They get going. Jesus said it. I believe it. Yes, I know his word is true. Jesus said it. I believe it. I'm not even going to look at my wife. But the birds in that, they would say, every chorus, every verse, every line, every promise, this book is mine. Every chorus, every promise, every chorus, every promise, it's mine, it's mine. I was like crying, like, oh. I'm like, this white boy's loving it, you know, like, out of beat. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> but you know what they were during that season of my life? They were Joshua and Caleb's. They were people that were saying, certainly, certainly. Certainly, certainly. You have some people in your life that are like the 10 others that are saying, nope, we can't do it. Nope, there's no way. Nope, we are not strong enough. Nope. And here's the problem with that mentality. The problem with that mentality is we say, nope, therefore I better just do this. You have people in your life that are dictating your morality by what they're saying. And you're compromising. Because Joshua said, certainly we can do it. God told us, therefore we're to do it. I'm convinced that we miss out on a lot because we're afraid. God says, hey, go that way. Fortify that. Spy on that. I need you to take that. I need you to pray for that. I need you to believe for that. But fear begins to set in. We don't get what we believe is ours. Here's what the others say. Verse 31 says, but the men who had gone up with him, he said, we are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they spied out. 
They said the land through which we have gone despised is a land that devours in inhabitants. The more I preach this, the more I get a little angry, right? It's like it's the land that just eats people that, that show up and try to conquer it. How many know Sin City is a place that just eats up church plans? But I believe in my Bible, and the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds so much more. We're not going to be eaten up. We're going to divide and conquer. We're going to church plant all over this city. But they said, it swallows us up. It's going to kill us. And this is what it says. The land which devours inhabitants, all the people who we saw in it, are men of great stature. So they said, they are men of great stature. So once they were strong men, big men, now they're men of great stature. I don't know if you've ever been in an argument, right? When was our last argument? Like yesterday, right? That was a long time ago, babe. <laughs> Anyone else have an argument and you know you're right in that argument? And raise your hand. Can we be real this morning? Raise your hand. This is real talk. Relationship goal starts next week. And so we're going to start early today, right? Raise your hand if you love winning a good argument. Raise your hand. Come on, keep that hand up. Keep that hand up. Now, now help me out here. This is about, here's, here's where we're going to get real. How many... In the middle of that argument, you realize you're wrong. Right? Whether it's the Holy Spirit, come on, Jesus. Or, the, or your spouse is a really good arguer. <laughs> or you just smart, right? You just wised up. Now, how many know in the middle of your argument, you realize you're wrong, but you keep trying to win? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at, people? Right, right? Where you at? Where you at? There's the evangelist in this room. Come on, somebody. And here's what they're doing. They said they're big, they're strong, they're great stature. And Caleb's like, come on, we got this. Joshua's like, yeah, let's go get the promised land. Jesus said it. I'll believe it. And this is what it says in verse 33. And there we saw giants, right? They finally said the word. We saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like, that drives me crazy. And we were like grasshoppers grasshoppers in our own sight. You notice they didn't say to giants who said, oh, look at these guys. Look at these 12 grasshoppers. The giants never saw them because they were spies. And when they came back, they said, they're giants. They're giants. And they pulled deep on the inside of them and said, we were like grasshoppers. How many were here last summer when the, like, the great grasshopper invasion occurred? How many were here for that? I mean, it was like, it made national news. I mean, I had people text me like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. The grasshoppers aren't in my house. But I would take my dog, Chloe, and we would run on the trail at night. And it's like by every little uh, uh, street lamp thing on the trail, there was like a bazillion grasshoppers. And so I would extend that leash out and let my faithful dog go before me. Come on, somebody. Right, you better go, girl. And so she go before it, grasshoppers, chip, brrr, and nobody's on the trail. I had the trail to myself every night because of grasshopper invasion. But I, by, by the time I got off the trail, because we were running so fast, I found dead grasshoppers all over my tennis shoes. You know what the Israelites were saying? We're like the smallest insect in the desert. The giants are just going to step on us. You're kind of grasshoppers. You have begin to realize about grasshoppers. Grasshoppers either flee, which they call migration, they'll flee. They don't claim what's rightfully theirs. Or the moment the weather changes, they die. You know we're stronger than grasshoppers, right? The moment the season changes, we don't die. 
Because we're not called to be grasshoppers. We're called to be God's masterpiece. And so here's what they say. It said, we're grasshoppers. We pick the smallest insect so we can win the argument. I want you to write this down. Number three, the fight for your future is more internal than it is external. Man, what do you think on the inside? How do you see yourself? These past five weeks, overflow, overflow. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Your vats and, and, and you, fill, you fill my vats and my barns to the overflow. The more I've been talking about overflow, how do you see yourself in the middle of this series? See, the grasshopper mentality is a distorted view of yourself. I believe it's the view of the enemy. That we say, I am terrible. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. I did things wrong. We compare ourselves. We go on social media. We look at what others are doing. She's my BFF, but the problem is there's too much comparison in my life. You're doubting yourself. You're doubting God's word. We doubt that this doesn't belong to you. It belongs to somebody else. But the grasshopper mentality is a distorted mentality. And here, here, here's what i got to put down. Here's the last point. The fight for your future is more internal than it is external. But here's what many of us don't realize. We often assume that if God wants me to have something, I don't have to fight for it. Church, I'm telling you, we got to fight for it. we got to fight for it. I wish in the Bible I read that God said, hey, you don't even need to spy it out. There's a bunch of people in the land. I'm going to kill them all, and you can just inhabit it. It's going to be all good. Hunky-dory It's going to be amazing. But there's something about a fight. There's something about a fight. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope. Plans to give you a future. But you know what they are? They're God's plans. Now, I believe nothing can distort or take away God's plans, but I believe we can stop God's plans. You know, today's Super Bowl, and two teams are going to be playing each other. And on the field, there's going to be a coach. It's going to be an offensive coach, defensive coach. But there's going to be a coach. And the coach is going to get in the huddle. He's going to look at his boys, his quarterback, his running back, wide receivers. And he's going to look at them and say, here is the plan. Here's the play. I need you to throw to him. And I need you to block for him. And here's my plan. My plan is for you to get a touchdown. And if you get a touchdown, we'll win the Super Bowl. We'll have people kiss our ring because we'll have a Super Bowl ring. That's the plan. But can you imagine what would happen? And the player said, yeah, we won the Super Bowl. The coach is like, no, you haven't run the play yet. Can you imagine what would happen if the players went on the sidelines and didn't even get into the game? Guys, God has a, God has a plan for your life, but we got to fight for it. we got to fight for it. we got to fight for it. See, it's not all dependent on God. Write this down. Your future doesn't happen to you. It happens through you. It happens through you. It happens through you. So don't count yourself out and don't think yourself small. Because, you know, the Bible says there's an adversary, an enemy. We talked about him two weeks ago with the two tables. Your adversary, he's a roaring lion seeking to devour. Now, he can't take away God's plan from your life, but I believe our mentality can. We can sit on the sidelines and say, I can't make a difference. We'll sit on the sidelines and say, I, I, I don't know how to read my word. We begin to isolate ourselves. We begin to pull away. And God is saying, I got grapes. 
for your future. I got a plan for your life. Nothing will change it. Nothing will thwart it. I don't have just small plans. I got big plans. But what are you going to do about it? Faith without works is dead. I need you to take a step. Today I need you to get into the game. Today I need to change your mentality. Today don't count yourself out and don't think yourself small because God's got a big plan for your life. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be extraordinary. It's grapes, not grasshoppers. And here's what I love. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, finally be strong in the Lord. Some of you might need to write this down, put it in your car. Make a cool little iPhone wallpaper. But you need to read this every single day and say, I am strong in the Lord because of his mighty power. So today I put on the full armor of God. You begin to read Oz, it talks about the, the, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation. It says, so that you could take your stand. Take your stand against the devil's plans. You know, God's got plans, but so is the devil. So I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world that we cannot see, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, when the enemy tries to attack, when the giants show up in your land, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to stand my ground. And after you've done everything, you're fighting, you're proclaiming, you're reading, you're praying, what do I do? Stand. 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 I believe we're soldiers of Christ, but some of the most spiritual things we can do in this church, stand. Stand. To every promise in the book is mine. Every course, every verse, every line. If Jesus said it, I believe it. I'm no longer going to think myself small. I'm going to see myself the way God sees me. I'm going to see myself the way God sees me. I want you to stand your ground in your faith. And you'll, you'll stand your ground doing the little things. You know what the little things are? You say, you know what, there may be giants, but God's got grapes. And the little things that we do is we say, you know what, it's the little things that we do that lead to the overflow. Like on a Sunday morning, you wake up and you say, I don't really feel like going anywhere today. Had a tough weekend, tough week. But as for me and my house, we go to church. Maybe on Monday morning you wake up, you're tired. You know, I got a busy week ahead of you. You say, I don't feel like reading my word, but guess what? I'm going to read my word. I'm going to get on my YouVersion Bible study plan. Maybe you should get into growth track step one today. Maybe you should start serving. Maybe next week you should join a small group. You know what I love about the, yes, there's 10, but there's also two that says certainly we can do it. You know, there's more than two people in our small groups at Avenue Church that say, you know what? Certainly, God has a plan for your life. Instead of isolation, 
I believe we're built for community. I'm so grateful. I don't know if you saw the map in Avenue Live, but we're all over the city of Las Vegas. We have tons of groups. Look at the number next week. We have tons of small groups. I am so grateful that we're not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups that together we can get to the promised land. Together we can begin to see God defeat the giants in our life. But it's the small things. You know what's at stake, church? It's not just another sermon. My wife knows. I mean, she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, ah. It's not just a churchy word, overflow, 2020. You know what's at stake? It's our future. It's our future. It's a time for men and women to look at the overflow and to say, I see the grapes. I see the giants too. That's no big deal. Because I can see what God has planned for my life. I believe the word overflow for our church is a war cry for us to fight. It's a war cry for us to step into that promised land. Whatever that promised land looks like for you, maybe it's that job, maybe it's that prayer you've been praying, maybe it's that buried dream for us in this church. What does it look like in your three? I want to believe God for even greater and for more. But what does it look like for us? I want you to know, 40 days they were spying out the land. And theologians believe that the 10 that came back had a bad report. And here's what the theologians believe as you begin to read commentaries, study this out. Is that because they brought back a bad report, God said, I want you to spy out the land that I'm giving you. But when they came back, they said, they're huge. There's giants in the land. They had a grasshopper mentality. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 14 that God said, you've disobeyed God because of your bad report. Later on, those 10, they all died, never went to the promised land. And God said because they spied out for 40 days, because they brought a bad report, now they're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. See what a mentality can do? And one, I mean, they were at the border. Like, they were there. Like, they said, promised land. Promised land! But because they had a bad report, because they had a grasshopper mentality, they were stuck in that wilderness for 40 years. Numbers 14, 24, it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went into, and his descendants will inherit it. I love Joshua chapter 14. This is 40 years later. Joshua chapter 14 says, I was 40 years old. This is Caleb speaking. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to explore the land. I brought him back a report according to my convictions. This is what it said. But my fellow Israelites who went with me made the hearts of my people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, and the land which you have walked will be your inheritance and your children's inheritance forever because you follow the Lord God wholeheartedly. I love this verse 10. It says, now then, just as the Lord promised. And somebody needs to hear the scripture today. Now as the Lord has promised, he kept me alive for 45 years. Since the time he said to Moses, 
and the Israelites moved them to the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. 85 years old. And you know what this 85-year-old says? I'm still as strong today. I don't have a grasshopper mentality. I have the overflow mentality. And he says, I'm still as strong as I am today. As Moses sent me out, I am as vigorous to go out and to do battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me on that day. You yourself heard that the Amalekites were there. Their calls and their cities were large and fortified. But Lord helping me, I will drive them out. Just as he said, then Joshua blessed Caleb and his children and gave him the inheritance because he followed the Lord God with all his heart. You know what I love about the overflow mentality? It gets it never gets tired of fighting. The overflow mentality never quits. He said, we're going to the promised land. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get some more. Today is not just another message. Today we got to fight for our future. we got to fight for our kids. You know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sick and tired of hearing generational curses that are brought down for my dad and my dad's dad. and my. You know, how about generational blessings in Jesus' name? And you'll say, you know what? There's some giants that were passed down from my great-grandfather and grandfather, now my dad. But guess what? That giant got slayed in my life, and my son will never have to fight that giant. He only gets to see the grapes. Man, in this house, can I pastor you for just a second on Super Bowl? You're like, I didn't even want to come. I had to get ready for Super Bowl, right? And you're here, but hear me out, man. Your spouse and your family, they need you to fight. They need you to fight. Not fight with them. <laughs> but they need you to have an overflow mentality. To say, I, today I've decided to serve the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to defeat some giants in my life so you can have the blessings of grapes. I'm going to pray with you today. But church, I want us to go all in. Something about this message where I wish I could just be fancy and cool. I believe there's a spiritual breakthrough that's going to happen in this service. I've asked our singers to come on out, our, our band, our team. I believe today with all my heart, we got to go all in. We either have the grasshopper mentality or we got, we got I'm going to slay giants mentality. That God's going to begin to change your perspective. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And today, I believe the Holy Spirit's quickening something inside of you. If you've had some giants in your life that you just cannot conquer, you've had some giants in your life that they're at, right, right around every breakthrough, it shows up. you got some giants in your life. You don't know where it came from. Maybe it came from a generational curse. But today you've had enough in Jesus' name. Today you have a Caleb spirit in your spirit today. You're saying certainly we can defeat it. Certainly I can know God so I can find freedom. Certainly. But today it stopped. And if that's you today, I want you to stand. Stand on your feet and say, I stand, therefore, and today it ends. Today, we're going to have a spiritual breakthrough. I want you to look all across this place of Caleb's and Joshua. These are the people I need in my life. Come on, somebody. But we say today's the day 
where I fight. So by every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to worship for just a, uh, just a second. Abby's going to sing this song real quick. But how many know today, if we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness, well, then today we're going to break it through our worship. We're going to confess today, chains fall, fear bow. Because Jesus, you change everything. Go ahead, worship team. And if that's you today, you can raise your hands. Probably one of the most powerful things you're doing today is you're standing. You're standing for what's right. You're standing for the promise. You're standing for what God has planned for your life. Come on. Jesus, you change everything. 